0: Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the secret stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother!
1: Welcome, friends, to episode eighty-six of Color of Magic. I am your host, Aquan Watson, and as always, I got my main man here, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude?
0: Hey, yo. Going pretty good. Uh getting sunlight. <laughs> Got to step it back out there.
1: That's true. We are y'all are getting a lot of sunlight. We we just started getting warm over here. How how bad has it been down there temperature wise? Oh, it's
0: already already in the 90s and 100s. You know, summer around here starts in April and lasts till I think December pretty much.
1: Oh, that's rough, man. I am I am glad I have not had that problem. It is getting warm here though. At least warm for here. When we start getting into yeah. the, the mid 80s, people start dying up in the northwest. Uh people can't handle that. It's a whole different thing up here, but you know, the rest of the time it's it's pretty nice, so it's it's hard hard to complain. Also, I forgot. I didn't even come up with like an an uh athlete for episode 86. I don't know. I don't even Ooh, know if I know right. Maybe James Lofton? Like Hall that of Fame. That sounds right.
0: I, I'm sure there are some great ones, and I just can't think of them, any of them on the top of my head right
1: now. Yeah, I think he's a Hall of Fame guy. I, that might be all I got. The problem is, though, once we get to 100, we ain't really going to be able to do it anymore.
0: <laughs> <Heck> yeah. <laughs> supposed to do like roller derby or something. Yeah, we'll have, three
1: digits. <laughs> we'll have to go find other famous players that wear three digits. Oh, man. All right. So if you want to support the show and listen to our ridiculous antics and finding athletes and numbers regularly, Help us out. Go over to patreon.com slash color magic. Support the show. Help us pay our bills. Pay each other. Keep the things going. Just like our show sponsor, cardsphere.com. And these, these, honestly, I want to say this about their website. If you don't use their site, it is super convenient. Like, it takes a little bit of a learning curve when you first hop on. Because it, it does operate differently. But the best thing for me has been, like, having all these cards that were getting sorted, getting put into Cardsphere... And then I can just casually, as I want, find people that are buying stuff at the prices I want to sell it, and boom, just start sending cards out to folks. It's actually super nice. And once you have all your stuff in and organized, it's great because you already have all your stuff handy. So when you do want to deck build or whatever, you just pull it off off your listing, and it's pretty cool. So yeah, I've been really using it mostly because you could—it's a quick. I can go refresh and just see how much prices are going up on different things. So it's—it's it's really really nice. Really worth taking a look if you haven't checked it out. But they do support several people in the magic space. Uh, just really good content creators. You know, some that we've even had on our show. But yeah, if you if you want to support a company and supporting good people, check out Cardsphere.com. And then finally, last order of business. I want to remind everybody, if you would like a playmat or some tokens featuring yours truly and my boy Brian and our show logos and stuff, check out colorofmtg.com slash shop. And if you ask nicely in your order, I'll even sign them for you on the way out the door. So you can get some... And, and I guess once we get to physically doing events, Brian will sign them for you, too.
0: <laughs> this is going to be... You are a wizard, sir. You have gotten people to pay for my likeness. I am impressed.
1: Well, I mean, hey, I'll be honest. Like Neither of us is great lookers. We're, we're doing audio for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... But hey, they tell we, me I look like Lawrence
0: Fishburne. I, I, is that considered handsome? I don't know. See,
1: I don't know. See, I had somebody tell me I look like Lawrence Fishburne too, and I was like, I look even don't less look like him than you do. So, yeah, I don't understand it. Even like, like, at least if I'd had a trench coat on and sunglasses, I would get it. But hell, even then, I'm probably closer to Samuel L. Jackson than I am Lawrence Fishburne.
0: This is one of those where it's just white people. People in my family say I look like Lawrence Fishburne. So I guess I'm. Just Why
1: like you don't look at, like him at all? <laughs> <laughs> According do a lot of people I do. So go figure. Well, people can buy some of the tokens and they can compare for themselves. And then they can come post on our Twitter feed and let us know. How about that? All right, y'all. We have some real things. We're going to go over a bit here on the soapbox. So uh, we're going to need y'all to kind of ride with us through this a little bit. There was a couple things this week. The first one... And this, this one sort of bothers me. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Naomi Osaka is a world-class tennis player. Uh, still pretty young, but, she, but she's been doing it for a while now. And she was not doing well mentally. And she already, you know, her whole backstory, she hasn't done well with interviews and press conferences in any, any way. Like, it, it creates anxiety, and she just has problems with it. But she was having a particularly bad go of it and didn't want to do a presser and pretty much got threatened that she would be reprimanded and or punished if she didn't do it. And then it became this whole story, and then she just said, you know what, F it. I'm just not going to be in the tournament at all. So these officials basically created a situation where one of their best young stars is now not even going to be in the tournament because they couldn't just process for a moment like, hey, okay, maybe we create a different scenario where you can talk to the press. Or maybe we reschedule the days till you feel better or whatever, right? There's a bunch of ways we could have handled this. But to just have effectively one of your up and coming top stars not participate is a loss for everybody. It's a loss for ratings, it's a loss for fans, hell, it's a loss for the competition. Because you don't want to be the person who won, and then like you're like, oh yeah. well, yeah, but you
0: didn't beat Osaka. It exactly,
1: happen. this other top person wasn't there, so eh, we still don't know. Or hell, what if you had a losing streak against the person, and then you happen to win, and it's the one tournament she doesn't play? Yeah, right. So you don't even get to overcome that or whatever. And like it, it's just it's bad all the way around. Because people still giving the
0: Rockets grief for like you know you only got those titles that Michael Jordan wasn't playing for two years.
1: Yeah, so like, like Elijah it, one wasn't let to go. Yeah. yeah, but that that's going to be one of those constant things, right? And I just look at the and like when we talk about like, really, this bothers me for two reasons. The first is just the whole mental health aspect. Like, we don't give any consideration to that, especially as Americans. But like, we have no sympathy for it. We don't have any plans in place. We don't have any medical structure for it. Even when you have coverage, we don't even handle it well. For people to get, you know, True. the the proper treatments. So like that whole aspect, I think, is handled wrong in this whole thing from from everybody involved. The other is. The public coming after her, because we had remember, we had all these things where people were like, well, athletes need to shut up and they don't need to be talking and they didn't be doing all this. And then when somebody says like, hey, I don't really feel like I'm up to talking. Now it's like, no, you should be talking and you should be there. It's part of your job. And But like, wait, so what gives? Right. Well, so I think they're...
0: they were always happy with people talking about sports. They just don't want to talk about politics.
1: Yeah, but if they're talking and not saying the thing you want to hear, you're upset. Yeah. And then if they're not talking, now you're mad because they're not there to say the thing you want them to say. Yet you don't even know what they're going to say. Just the fact they're not saying something makes you mad.
0: I think it was always people just want the athlete to say what they wanted them to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's just it's just dumb. The whole scenario is just bad. Because
0: all the people that say athletes shouldn't talk are supporting Brett Favre, who just keeps saying another crazy Trump supporting
1: thing on an almost daily basis now. Well, Favre said a lot of weird backwoods things over the years. Like he's he's always been right on that like precipice of crazy, but like had enough success that people kind of went, All right, we're gonna look the other way.
0: I think he can't get a broadcasting job or call it a football, so maybe he's trying to get on the Fox News at this point.
1: Maybe, but that tells you a lot, right, where there are companies, there are other athletes and whatever that are way into Brett Favre, and he can't get a consistent gig with any of the programs. Like, that's got to tell you something. Yeah. Like a dude who played for, gosh, I don't know, 20 damn years. <laughs> Forever, for half of our lives, basically. Yeah has still has a couple of records in the books has super bowl wins or whatever loves being in front of a microphone can't get a consistent gig like there's that's not an accident like people know no. something you know what i mean like there there's enough people that know something that you know he's just getting rejected every time he applies well
0: if nothing else you know that he sometimes sends pictures of his jump to reporters that, that that's true <laughs> that did happen that's probably enough
1: that is, is true. Like, you you might apply and get instantly me too'd when stuff starts coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. You, you might so, be like A lot of people just
0: like, as much money as he might make, it ain't worth it.
1: Yep. They might do that background check, find some skeletons they don't want to talk about.
0: But, but yeah, back, uh, you know, on, on topic, like I got to say, I, first of all, Naomi Osaka is one of my favorite players, has been since, you know, one of her first press coverages. And, yeah, you could tell she was kind of – you know, she dropped a Pokemon reference, and pretty much nobody in the audience got it. So yeah, that was yeah, that was awkward. But it, ever since then, been one of my favorite players. And again, she's an incredible athlete. She mm-hmm. apparently has her own line of, I think, athletic wear and swimwear. So, I mean, she yeah. is crushing. But I've been in, you know, I've never been in her in her spot. I've been in the reporter spot where the reporter gets in trouble because you know you couldn't get a good quote. So I, I get it. I understand that, you know. Everybody here has tried to do their job and tried to figure out how to do their job, and clearly tennis was not prepared for it. You see, most I don't think most sports are prepared to deal with mental health and the the, the consequences of it. I agree. But I agree that it shouldn't. Hopefully, they should have come to think before it got to this point, but they clearly were not prepared.
1: Yeah, my my other problem too, though, is like look at the NBA playoffs that are going on right now. Like they still are doing. I guess we'll call them zoom interviews or whatever post game. So, you know, they still have somebody just like filtering the questions from the, the reporters and whatever. And, you know, they're doing it basically from the safety of their, their press rooms or whatever. So like something could have been set up for Osaka to do these differently in a, we'll call it a safer environment for her.
0: Now. And, and the fairness, the NBA has had this problem too. I remember think it was a, Rasheed Wallace, who kept just kept saying he was forced to the press conference, and kept saying both teams played hard over and over again because he didn't want to be there.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, we had the Marshawn Lynch, you know, like right. I'm just here so I don't
0: get fined. <laughs> yeah, and like, that became the best thing that anybody said all Super Bowl weekend, yeah. really.
1: So I mean, I get it. Like you'll still have those moments if the person just doesn't want to be there, right? And in the NBA and the NFL, it is contractually obligated. So like I get it. But I think there was just like I, my my problem with it is they didn't even for a second say, OK, well, let's make an adjustment or let let us offer this. And it was just like, oh, well, if you don't do this, this is going to be the situation.
0: I guess one thing they could do is treat it the same way, you know, you would an injury where if this person has seen a, you know, a, a, some kind of mental health professional and can provide documentation like, OK, yes, this person is having stress because of these problem with that is, you know, they're athletes. They can always buy a doctor to get any diagnosis they desire.
1: Sure. Sure. And, but I would still say in the end, like there are ways you can still make the interviews or the press conferences possible. It doesn't have to be in front of the mobs of people and the cameras and the microphones and whatever, you know what I mean? Like there's definitely reporters
0: who, you know, take advantage of their position and ask just, Dumb, trollish questions and trying to get some kind of response.
1: Oh yeah, like that happened to. I remember it happened to Kobe a lot. Still happens to yeah. LeBron, and they just call people out on it. <laughs> like, which I would too. You know, like why would you even ask that?
0: Yep. Well, one of my right, favorite ones all the time. Somebody asked. I think it was John L.A. what's the dumbest question you've ever been asked? And he said, "That's it."
1: <laughs> that is a good one. All right, well, you've got some other news from down in Texas that I think uh, deserves to be talked about a little bit today as well.
0: Yeah, my, my, my great state of Texas here is, is attempting to pass some of the most restrictive voting laws in the US. They don't even want you to be able to vote. You know, you've probably heard about souls to the polls or people from church, you know, you get out of church, you go vote, they're yeah. trying to. Man, that by basically saying you can't vote, I think uh, after one p.m. on Sunday, there is no, there's no voter fraud on Sunday. There, that is literally targeting souls to the polls because a lot of minorities voters vote that way
1: what kind of weird ass laws like you can vote until 1 p.m and then we're shutting it down like what what? yeah
0: like that clearly is targeting souls to the polls there is no other rational explanation for that
1: but even beyond that like like why one o'clock like you didn't even try to pretend and make it like 3 p.m 4 p.m no because when you got the votes
0: and in a early Republican state
1: they do you don't
0: even have to print Tend that you're doing this for any reason other than racism, because you got the votes to push it through. Which, in this case, the Democrats just stood up, left the chamber. So at some point, there will be a, apparently a special session where the governor and you know the people that are in favor voting for this are going to try to ram it through again. But it's just mind blowing because again, nobody has been able to show any evidence that there was any voter fraud in the path election. Because I mean, we, we saw down ballot. Lots of other Republicans won. Yeah. Most Republicans not named Trump had a great time out there. It was a rejection of the guy at the top of the ticket, not a rejection
1: of the party. Totally. Because otherwise you wouldn't have a bunch of them keep seats in, in Congress and stuff for whatever. like that. Yeah. So
0: that all makes and sense. The, and by the way, it's not like Texas doesn't have other problems, such as if you, you saw our video in the winter weather, our power grid was minutes away from collapsing, and nothing's been done about that. Nope. It wasn't even on the really list of priorities, really. But we got we got time to figure out how to ban people from leaving church and going to vote.
1: You know, and I will say <sighs> this. Credit to the Democrats for holding it down and saying, like, F it, we are not even going to participate in this mess. Because they've Here's another thing that came up. A lot of attention up. to it. The other thing, and this came up, I think, I want to say earlier last week where it was the vote on the referendum about the uh, investigation to the January 6th thing. And they decided, well, it was voted on where, it it was a weird thing where there was a significant more votes in favor of passing it to have the investigation. But because you have to have 60 votes... And they only got fifty-six, didn't pass. Which is the weirdest ass law to me. Yeah. Like you you win the vote by like thirty percent, but because a bunch of people just abstained and didn't vote, well, you didn't get sixty, so you, you can't you can't win.
0: Like we have some dumb-ass soapbox in the US. I, yeah. <laughs> At some
1: point I probably will do a soapbox on the
0: filibuster.
1: <laughs> yeah, i could be we be here all day otherwise. We we just have some of the dumbest at like I get it. Like, like the Electoral College. We
0: could just we could do a whole podcast about dumb American laws.
1: People get mad at me whenever I use the term dumb American or stupid American as an American. And I try to explain to them like, understand how much we have in this country that's just backwards or makes no sense. Like, hell, we probably have listeners. I know we have listeners from other countries. They probably hear some of the mm-hmm. stuff we talk about and go like, what? Like, this is real, man. Like, we didn't come up with this. The ugly American has been a stereotype, yes.
0: you know, for centuries at this point.
1: I have friends and relatives in different countries. i from other countries that live here now, and they just don't understand. They're like, how is this this way? And I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, none of it makes sense. So I totally get it, especially when, you know, you're talking about like most Americans don't even speak a second language. Most of, hell, half the Americans can't even read above like a, 10th grade level or whatever. I was about to say, a lot of us don't speak one language. Well, not well, that's for sure. But it's just like, I I get it. Like people, like we keep telling ourselves as Americans that like, oh, we're number one. And we, you know, we deserve all this and we're the most powerful country and blah, blah. Like we literally had people from the UN come through the US. I want to say it was like five, six years ago. And they went through the South and they were like, man, some of these places are worse than third world countries. Wrote that in their documents. Flint,
0: Michigan, a place in the United States where people haven't had clean water for years now.
1: Yep. This third world country stuff. And we have people wanting to vote against fixing all of these problems. Mm -hmm. Like they want to stop people from voting in ways that will help solve those problems. When you can't win, you know,
0: off of your policy or off of picking good politicians that people like, you got to change the
1: rules. Well, yeah, you got to get the people who want to put signs in their hallway outside their office that tell you about how COVID vaccines are going to cause you to melt or whatever else she was talking about. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. The, the other MTG. Yeah. <laughs> that lady's a nutcase, by the way.
0: Oh, it, it's frightening. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you see the footage of her outside AOC's office. Years ago, and then you realize you're like, man, what a crackpot. Hope we never see her again. And now she's in Congress.
1: Yeah, I mean, you literally like there's no honestly, she should not even be allowed to have run for an office, much less win. Like she is literally and I'm not even saying that, like, and don't get me wrong, like I here we are talking about like mental health and stuff. I'm like, I'm not even joking. I think she might be for real, like. Mentally unstable. Yeah,
0: anybody who's cut basically a political promo about Jewish space lasers causing the California fires and was
1: serious about it—that's what I'm saying. Like, either she's running just like a crazy gag, knowing that like the crazier she says stuff, people are going to support it more, or she really believes it. Either way, and it's either bad.
0: one makes it where you should not be in Congress.
1: Exactly. It's like neither one of those scenarios is good. Whatever it is. Oh man. Well, all right, Brian, you know, we like to educate ourselves and get smarter week by week. So what is it that you learned last
0: week? Uh, as an actor that most folks haven't heard of, I have a soft spot for other actors that I feel like a lot of people probably have not heard of. Sure. And a man named uh, Paul Souls died recently. And you I'm sure you probably have
1: not heard the name. Oh, or I, I bet you the, the average person has no idea who that is.
0: But when I tell you, you know, the, the voices, you will absolutely remember because he was the original Spider-Man voice actor for the Spider Man show. It's probably one of the best interpretations of a comic book that has ah, ever been the done.
1: Spider Man, Spider Man. Yeah. Also the one of the great theme, theme songs. Just, it, yep. <laughs>
0: Not just through cartoons. What that's one of the great songs in TV history. Everybody knows that song. My kids know that song, and that was decades before they were even thought of. Yeah. Yeah, And in addition to that, he was a, if you don't know Spider-Man, I promise you, you'll get the other reference. He was Hermie, the elf that wanted to be a dentist in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that I still watch every year.
1: That is a random ass career credit to have. Right. But awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because that show is never going off of television. It is not Christmas till you have watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer.
1: I wonder if he got like a $5 residual check every year or something from that movie. If he did, I mean, and again, (laughs) he's
0: been in, you know, like big budget movies. But, you know, that's not what you would know him from. You would know him from being Spider-Man and then being, you know, Hermie the Elf. He also did one of the Incredible Hulk shows. And I mean, apparently he was the entire cast because he played Bruce Banner, the Hulk and Rick Jones. And, you know, those are the those are the major characters in any Hulk show right there. Yeah, that's cool, dude. He's probably in the studio talking to himself for just hours at a time, playing all three of those roles.
1: Hey, why not pay? If they're going to pay you for it, go for right.
0: it. I hope there's footage of that somewhere because I would love to see it.
1: Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. So yeah, Paul
0: Souls passed away last week in '90, gave us so much joy as kids. And again, I said, I watch Rudolph every year now, so still giving generations of kids and adults joy.
1: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, mine isn't nearly as cool. More as it is just uh, dumb and frustrating. But if you rewind, I guess would be a while ago, maybe about nine months ago or something. We had the situation where a gentleman was in the park. He's bird watching. Lady comes up with a dog that she doesn't have on a leash. He tells her, hey, you should probably put your dog on a leash. She doesn't want to. He's like, well, that's kind of the rule in the park. You should probably do it. And she still doesn't want to. So then he's like, fine. He carries around some treats to keep the dogs from bothering him while he's watching. So he wants to offer the dog a treat. Lady gets upset. She starts freaking out. Tells the dude if he doesn't walk off, she's going to call the cops and tell him that he's threatening her. While all this is on film. And obviously, the things did not go her way. Matter of fact, she almost lost her dog over it. Because the way she was. Dangling dog around by the neck on the collar. Well, this lady, Amy Cooper. Apparently decided she wants to sue her company for firing her. And it was related to this because all this came out and seeing her racist actions and everything else. And I don't even know how this like, I'd be surprised if this doesn't get thrown out. Because my first thought is truly like. You've already been found to be in the wrong. So, like, you've already had to, what I think, I can't remember. I think it was like pay a fine and take a course or whatever, right? But then also almost lost your dog. So, people are, multiple groups have said, you've effed up. So, what is her basis for a case against her company? Other than, like, yeah, I know I effed up, but that wasn't enough to fire me for.
0: I guess she's hoping she draws a judge or a jury who will support
1: crackpot actions. And I mean, sometimes people do. I guess. I mean, she's sometimes literally on he, film saying, yeah. I am going to call the cops and tell them that you are threatening me. And even on the thing, she's like, well, we need to send you need to send an officer right now because I'm I'm being threatened and blah, blah, blah. And I'm being attacked. And like, and the dude just yeah, we got there. video
0: evidence of her being both racist and stupid.
1: Yeah, he's literally, he even tells her he's, that's the thing that gets me. Yeah. She was so brazen about it when he said, hey, I've got the camera right here. She can see it. He's holding it right in front of her.
0: She's like, you're a Negro. You can't afford a cell phone. I'm going to keep being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <Basically>, that, <laughs> <whatever it is. laughs>
1: that was the part that blew my mind to the whole thing. Because, like, I'm sure you've been in situations before where you were pretty sure that, like, you know, I got to go because somebody's going to make a thing out of this or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever had a situation where somebody knew I had a camera or at least had a security camera or whatever available and still was going to act out and try to say it was on me.
0: That's where she just I guess she lives in a circle where nobody listens to minorities and felt that, you know, the officer that she received on this call would be the same way is all I can figure.
1: Yeah, that's the part that blew me away. I'm like, you literally know you're on film. Don't care. Like that's, so yeah, I don't know how it's going to end up. I just thought it was crazy. She was coming out and actually trying to sue the company. And it's a bunch of just like typical stuff, like, you know, restitution for whatever the time she would have been employed, you know, pain and suffering, mental anguish, court fees, you know, typical stuff. So like, not like an insane amount of money or anything, but just weird that it's even a case to begin with.
0: I would say there's no way she gets away with this, but I mean, I'm here in the state where affluenza was a defense. So I can't say what that a judge will rule.
1: That you is know, true. <laughs> I keep forgetting that was a thing, but it was. All right, one thing that does come up a little bit, and it's we've been seeing it kind of pop up in different social circles in gaming here lately. It's kind of the whole... I don't even know what the right word is. Maybe the the mystique, the importance, but the, I don't know, the place in the community that rankings and ladders and stuff hold. Because every game seems to have some sort of ladder system. You know, whether we're talking about first-person shooters, we're talking about Magic, Hearthstone. You know, I'm playing in one right now in Teamfight Tactics. Yep. Like, every game seems to have something like that.
0: It's part and, of how they keep you logging in every day.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense, right? It's something to achieve. It's something to aspire to. It's something to target your energy while you're playing. But ultimately what happens is you seem to get this whole superiority complex that some people get from being higher ranked on these these leaderboards. And that's such a weird thing to me. Because... You can make the top levels... Now, now, here's the weird thing. Okay, so I want to be clear. I don't necessarily believe that, like, people at the top don't deserve their spots. So don't take my argument to be that at all. Like, I would say the, the for real top percentage of the people at the top in almost every ladder or ranking system I've seen are playing regularly, and they're doing consistently well, and they're busting their ass to, to stay there. So, like, that aside... I do think there are still a significant number of people who make the upper tiers and aren't necessarily great.
0: And are, I, especially with games that have different classes, like for example, you know, okay, I'm a platinum support in overwatch. My DPS is garbage and I freely acknowledge this.
1: Yeah. Like I, like I, for, I think I just, I can probably go look. I think I just hit silver one and team fight tactics. That's the highest I've been. Prior to that, I'd only been even like silver three. So being silver one is pretty cool. I'm working my way toward being gold, but I don't think I'm significantly better today than I was, you know, last season. I'm a I'm a little better. I can tell I'm better, but not a, not that much. But I also only even have up. Well, up until recently, it was only like a forty two percent success rate of finishing in the top four. So the difference was I was just finishing first or second, offsetting the times I would finish like fifth yeah. or sixth. You and know, that's so, how
0: most ranking systems work, you know, chess,
1: <laughs> magic to yeah. some extent. So I wasn't even I haven't even been like consistently good. I haven't even got I just barely got to where I'm even like 50% in the top four where you get points versus in the bottom four where you lose points. Like I just hit that, and that's been 40 some games this season. Or actually, no, more than that. I think it's like I'm over 50 games this season. So even with that, I'm ranking up consistently without even having a winning record. You know, so when I hit gold, I'll assume things stay the same. If I hit gold, I'm not gonna sit here and look at somebody who's in iron or bronze and be like, well, you're not gold yet. You know, like, like
0: yeah, unless they're trying to like give me play advice or something. Like if you're trying to tell me, okay, this character shouldn't be you, then yeah, you're you're staring at me with a bronze portrait, uh, yeah, I'm gonna look at you crazy a little bit.
1: Cause you Yeah. And and I've seen that, and I feel like I've seen it on I've seen it on Reddit, I've seen it on different message forums, I've seen it in Facebook groups, where there's always somebody who's like, Hey, I just made, I don't know, silver for the first time, or I just made bronze for the first time, or whatever it is. And there's inevitably somebody who goes like well, yeah, but you still suck because you're not wherever I'm at. Yeah, I hate those people. You know, and it's just like, what? what is that? like? Honestly, there's a whole bunch of reasons. Like, hell, one of the reasons I'm even at Silver this early in the season is because I've just had more time to play. Yeah. You know, I've gotten 50 games in since the new season went live, like, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. So I'm playing like a couple of games a night, whereas before I would play maybe two nights a week and I'd get in like two games, maybe three. And that'd be it. So by the end of the season, I might have 40 games or 50 games. You know what I mean? I have 50 now in just a couple weeks. So, like, even that plays a part of it, right? What you are a
0: huge time commitment.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: God forbid you want to play more than one game, you know, because you create content or something. Yeah, It's
1: multiple full-time commitments. I'm basically on Magic Arena and Team Fight Tactics. That's kind of where my time is right now. Like anything else I play is the absolute most casual possible because I know I'm not even gonna have remote time to even try.
0: Now I'll try I'm, to do play games that way, and then I'll encounter somebody like, Hey, you know, you're good, join our team, and like, oh well now cool people want to play with me. And I end up taking on more well, responsibilities than I can. What if somebody That's says, a, Hey, you know, if they set up the bad signal, I can't say no.
1: <laughs> I will say though, it's a little weird too, because like you do get top level players in every one of these games that don't necessarily play the ladders or the rank systems. So they kind of get on, they test some things, they goof around, whatever. So you also can't say that everybody that's not in the top tier is a garbage player.
0: Yeah, some people don't care. You know, yeah. not, they try to make a job out of this.
1: They just they get on for actual fun. Remember fun? Yeah. And And the other thing too is it can also be the other way though. Where some people are trying to reach the top levels because you're trying to get picked up by a team or get noticed or, I don't know, make a statement for some reason that you need to or whatever, right? Or in the case of Magic, maybe you're trying to get in the top 1,200 so you qualify for one of the big events or something, right? So there's still a purpose to that. And usually, like I said, the people that are at that topmost percentage, they tend to be pretty solid players. You know, they, they put in the time, they figured out the strategy for their appropriate games, you know, all that but it's very interesting to see how people treat their ranking you know and there's other people too like we've talked about this in multiple games where they will just figure out whatever the best strategy is or the best deck is or whatever and then just race up at the beginning of the season just to say they're at the top rank but like that doesn't make you better that is meant while other people were experimenting and trying things you, you exploited just, the thing. Yeah, you just exploited the thing that was good, and then you got there. So, like, what does that do?
0: Because yeah, I've like, done that because I, you know, I write about and and do videos about things that are nerfed. So I go like, okay, why is this character overpowered? And they go play it like, oh my god, yeah, this is this yeah. is not even fun. This is so overpowered.
1: But those people also don't hold their rank very long at the top either. Once everybody right. else figures it out or catches up, that's happened to me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's a really interesting thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, do you even feel that having ladders or rankings or whatever are important?
0: I think, as I said, it's definitely something that will make me log into Overwatch on days when I didn't plan to. Like, oh, I'm trying to hit such and such rank before the end of the season. So I need to get in at least one or two games a day. Then, of course, inevitably I'll lose one. Well, now I need to play another game because I'm
1: trying to gain 50 SR today. Oh, dude, I've done that. Where that that and see, and that's the trap they'll get me sometimes. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, it's only one. I could probably stay up till like two if yeah. I could knock out another game. <laughs>
0: you know, Like you start, and then somebody somebody's internet cuts out. It hey, could be my internet. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know,
1: and then you know, it's after again when you start doing sleep math. Where you're like, okay, yeah. I'll go to sleep now. I'm gonna get like six hours. I'll be cool on five because I don't have anything right. to do tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah. I bet you, everybody listening at some point has done sleep math to justify For some
0: multiple games.
1: Yeah, <laughs> ignorant, dumb thing you want to do that you know has no real value, but in the We're moment, games you kind of really want to out, it.
0: You know, yeah, you're, you're hanging out drinking with your friends. Oh, I only need. And the thing is, as you get older, <laughs> the amount of sleep you need to do your job increases.
1: Shoot, if you start doing the math too late, you might be too tired to do real sleep math as right? you get older. For real. But yeah, I think I think in general, I, I'm on the side of I think they're good. Like I said, it's a way to give you a focus for the games. It is a way to compare yourself a little bit, right? Like, like I said, even yeah. in team fight tactics, I can tell I'm getting better playing through it regularly, slowly getting to play against better players. So like I can see where my skills are increasing. I also see where I still suck in some regards, yeah. <laughs> but you could at least get to compare that. Whereas if I'm just playing... And, uh, and I did actually play some unranked games recently because I happened to be on late and they cut the, the rank system off at like midnight because they were going to do an update at like 2 a.m. or something. So if you wanted to play, you can only play the unranked stuff. So I played that and it, it genuinely felt different. Like I was like, OK, I'm definitely better than these other people, but I'm definitely nowhere near as good as the people in my rank and ranking yeah <laughs> right. and even so, if it's something i don't want to rank up in or
0: never plan to do a youtube video before it's just in my personality or i want to know okay how good am i in comparison to everybody else
1: well yeah even well, if yeah, i'm never yeah. gonna
0: do anything with it
1: i just need to know <laughs> i'm the same way right sometimes i just want a more interesting and compelling gameplay right and if i'm playing against a bunch of people that i'm already i don't want it sounds pompous i say like you know you're you're better than but like at least you have some significant chance of being better Then it's less fun, right? Like I would, and it's weird to say that, but like, I would rather play a bunch of tough games and get beat down than just run roughshod over six, seven people for three games in a row. Cause like getting done and being like, Oh look, I finished first again. Oh yeah. And I finished first again. And Oh yeah. I finished first again. Right. Like, and I, and I've had that happen in one of those games where I basically got to the top of the lobby and then stayed there for the next 25 minutes. And I maybe lo- I think I finished the game at like you start with 100 health points. I think I finished with like 85. Like I took almost no damage the entire time.
0: You know I- what's a fun one in a game that probably nobody I well, not even probably. I've done the research. Almost nobody is playing this, but there's a this year's wrestling game, WWE Battlegrounds, has the Royal Rumble mode and basically you just come into the Royal Rumble and you try to stay in the ring as long as you can. Even though the game was a failure, I hope they keep this feature for future games. Because what's the most fun part of the Royal Rumble? Somebody came in, they eliminated 20 people before they got eliminated.
1: Yeah, or just somebody just surviving forever. Right. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of fun ways I think you can do stuff like that. Uh, I just think for me generally, it's a matter of being careful to not put too much importance on your ranking. In yeah. whatever game you play, right? Like, it's good to show progress. It's good to compare yourself. I think there are a lot of positives, but I think don't let your identity get caught up in where you are in the in the rankings. And also, don't take other people's positioning for granted, both above and below you, because there are reasons they could be on either side. Yep, I think that's just something we don't really consider when we're talking about that stuff.
0: There's always good and bad matchups
1: too. Also true. Oop, wrong cue there. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all like right. all the
0: noises though, so it's fun.
1: We do like all the noises. So this week, well, let, let me let's structure it this way. You know, we we obviously know the pandemic's happening. We know a lot of people are coming out the other side. Companies are making all types of weird decisions about, like, how they're going to treat employees and working from home or not and hiring and firing. But even WWE has been releasing a lot of people over the last, what do we say, 14, 15 months, something like that?
0: And yeah, We mean more than usual.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Like what we were talking off the air, like they, in, in this year and a half, we'll call it. They have released enough talent to almost be a whole ass other company. Absolutely. And the talent of that company would be better than most that are out there right now. Like, let's be real. But here, here's the crazy thing, though. I And, and I do think part of the problem the wrestling community has right now is that there's too much talent. And that's weird to say. You would think that's a good problem to have. You would think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the reality is, like, there's just not a place where all of these people can go and make good money. Like, even when you look at all the major companies, they're all full of talent right now. Like, there's very few on any of these rosters. Like, you could look at every one of these rosters, and you might, if you were really being, like, harsh, you might be able to cut, like, a literal handful of people from each program. Maybe. And the rest, you would feel bad if you cut them. Like, even the ones you don't like, you're like, ooh, yeah, but if we cut them, they might go somewhere and be something. Like, ooh. You know, like... It's hard. It's hard. And when you can't even get all your talent on TV, it's rough because WBE right now, I think, still has something like 200 talents employed that you got to get on TV or somehow utilized over three TV shows every week.
0: I mean, That's I guess the Friday a, part where you can't get everybody on and you got, you know, three TV shows, get monthly or sometimes two pay per views a month or more. Yeah. I, Which I guess I, it, the one, you, the one's kind of inspired this debate is uh, Braun Strowman because he was he he fought for the world title I think what two three weeks ago and now he's no longer employed by the company.
1: Yeah, Braun Strowman's a tough one.
0: I've never been watching wrestling, might as well say my entire life. I don't remember the last time I saw anybody go from headline in a pay per view to not employed that didn't involve them getting convicted of something. Even then, there have been cases where people you know might have been co- convicted or accused of something, and they let the legal process go through before they cut some this one is is just mind blowing,
1: yeah, the only things I have on braun for me personally is it was hard for me to remember where he had like a series of good matches with smaller people, so I mean he's had some good ones with people his size, but you know it's a little tough when they're smaller, and then there like I said, there's just been a lot of like Social media things and like a few things that have come out publicly that makes me wonder if there was some stuff going on behind the scenes that may have led to him being fired. But that, that's just speculation based on what we've seen publicly. I don't. And I don't even have, with that, yeah.
0: As we said during the pre-show, this is a company where Jimmy Superfly Snuka basically killed somebody and didn't lose a paycheck.
1: You know. Sure, but but also remember times are different now. Yeah. Like. You know, if you think somebody might be a liability, or especially right now we're talking about, you got 200 talents on the roster. Yep. If somebody's getting out of line or making the locker room uncomfortable, like, all right, I mean, you know, we we got other talent.
0: That's it. I don't think they'd have done it to John Cena. <laughs> Just I think there's no. always at least nine or ten guys that are well. I've already made the Cena reference. Untouchable. <laughs>
1: you know. Yeah, but like I, I, but I, you know, I think that's with any company right like if you you bring in enough money sadly they they will make some exceptions to try to work with you like i mean we know that to be true in every company we've ever been part of any any yeah. group you've ever worked with like if you're if you're paying the bills you get a little more leeway you know if, you, if you're not I mean, you don't get near as much plus i don't even know what these people like you know maybe they were asking for more with contracts coming up like i have I have no Some idea. Some of the rumors I'm hearing
0: is that it is contract related that Stroman was making well over a million, and I guess they just didn't feel he was bringing in that kind of money.
1: That might be true. I mean, if you look at merchandise and action figures and all that, and you go like, Well, maybe it's not worth you're not worth a million to us. And if you tell him like, hey, we can keep you on, but we gotta pay you, I don't know, seven hundred and fifty K or something, and he's like, eh, I don't want to take a pay cut, I guess you do what you gotta do. Because I fully
0: expect if he doesn't keep wrestling, we could see him, you know, in movies as the big burly guy that James
1: Bond has to beat up. The same way Batista's made that transition. Yeah, we could do that. The thing about Cena is he is able to kind of do a lot of different things, right? We found out that Cena could be funny. Yeah. You know, like, hell, the whole thing with him and Trainwreck was ridiculous. But, yeah, there's some things he can do that I think give him more options. But I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting story, you know, that just even top talent, you know, in in this current climate, you know, the big companies are still letting people go. And the more I thought about it, I because I started thinking about all these names we saw let go a few months ago, and then the ones that let go at the beginning of the pandemic or whatever, a bunch of them still haven't resurfaced anywhere. Yeah. For as much as people are like, oh, this is a mistake and WWE is going to regret this and whatever, like only a couple of those people have shown up somewhere else. And even the ones that did, I would say just Miro has really done anything. True. The others, you know, they popped up, but you know, what have they really done? They haven't really added much to the programs they've been part of. So maybe as much as we like some of the talent, maybe whoever's doing talent evaluation or whatever WWE isn't really wrong.
0: Or also it just could be they, as far as wrestling companies are concerned, are
1: too big to fail. Sure. I'm I'm more looking at just like the quality of talent they're cutting. Like, you know, there's a lot that each of us I think, as a I would say, it being the wrestling community, there seems to be one or two that everybody latches to and goes, oh, they're going to regret yeah. that one. But then we don't even see that person get a job anywhere.
0: First thing is like you could be the best. Let's just take. Well, I mean, it's it's happened. Like, look at when Kurt Angle and people like that. Well, there, there's a bunch of guys that went to TNA slash Impact. But Kurt Angle, you know, and two other guys couldn't lift impact past WWE because Angle just wasn't that – well, he was a great talent. He wasn't – I'm going to put this company ahead of WWE talent. I'm not sure if anybody is at this point.
1: Oh, sure, sure.
0: But even then, if if they could – If there's anybody right now not working that I think could actually move the needle, it's CM Punk, and he doesn't have any interest in working for AEW or TNA.
1: Yeah, there's still a bunch of rumors on him, so we'll see what happens with that. All right, so Modern Horizons 2, I believe it got pushed back a week, so we're going to see it release on, I think, the 18th of June is the new release date, so next Friday. However, it will be coming to uh, Magic Online before that, so you will see it there shortly. But I started looking at the set, and I was saying, okay, we've seen the whole set, we've seen all the stuff, you know, people are excited about all different types of cards, people are already talking about building new decks, people that don't play Modern at all are talking about making Modern decks... People are excited about a ton of things for their commander stuff. So many of the cards are already going up in value. And then they got me asking the question: like, this is this legitly possible to be one of the best magic sets of all time. And I know people hate hearing that's like, ah, that's not possible. It's a new set, whatever. The only argument anybody's had is just like, well, the cards are going to be expensive and the packs are going to be expensive or whatever. It's like, okay, but that hasn't stopped stuff from being popular before. No and yeah it's awesome that you have a pile of rares that are going for health 40 dollars plus i mean cuz even in just rares you have all the all the uh fetch lands you know so you knew those were going to be pretty popular you've got the ignoble hierarchy which i think is going for 40 45 dollars something like that uh and these are these are all non foil even not even counting the foil versions are all selling for crazy amounts over A couple of different new lands are also selling well in that like $30, $40 range. Like just tons of just like good, useful cards. And not only that, there's a bunch of fun themes in the set. There's stuff to make like squirrel tokens. There's stuff for Enchantress decks. There's some Cascade stuff. There's a lot of stuff that works for cards that came out in Modern Horizons 1. There's stuff that takes kind of tier three and four decks in modern and gives them at least a chance or at least has us believe that there could be a chance for them because they're getting more parts but to that end i'm just like man nobody's upset about this set the only the only two complaints really is price but so far price doesn't seem to be stopping anybody from trying to get more of it and they're still going to keep printing it still going to show up so retailers i've spoken to are happy with sales or whatever so far so good The other is people complaining about cards going directly into Modern and, you know, a lot of the decks becoming, like, half new cards instead of just being, like, all existing old cards. Which, okay, I could see that that's a complaint for people if that's the reason you play the format. Cool. But I don't think that stops the set from being ridiculously good. Like I don't even know. I'm thinking about doing a stream or something where I rank every Magic set. Ooh, and Modern Horizons two, I think would rank very highly up there. I don't know if it'd be How the number one. How many sets spot. is that even? Over- oh, it's a lot. It. I started trying to do the thing. I'd have it. It would literally be like a three four hour stream, <laughs> like just ranking sets. But I like I said, I don't know if it'd be number one. But I'm pretty certain it would be a top fiver. And I don't remember the last time I felt that way about a magic set. Because, like, people tried to throw Throne of Eldraine in there. But Eldraine is, like, it's a powerful set. And it's got some good cards. But it wasn't one that got, like, everybody excited. People weren't looking for a bunch of stuff for their commander things. It didn't build up a bunch of other decks. You know, like, it was just some strong, powerful cards. I don't know if I would give that the same. I would give it a high ranking just from a power level standpoint, but I don't know if it checks all the other boxes.
0: Now I have that. Also, people, I guess yeah. we, when you talk about ranking, like, so I guess, is does, I guess, does powerful equate to good or
1: is that just part of the equation? I think that's just part of the equation. You know, I I think it's part of it. I don't think it's a thing that's, that's, the end-all, be-all when you do the math on something. You know, because some people are also saying, like, well, because of the price, fewer people are going to draft it. I'm like, okay, cool, but the average player doesn't draft anyway. Like, we've gone over this before. I've already seen the numbers. Like, constructed play to limited play is, like, tenfold. So, eh. Like, but does the set still draft well? well? It looks like it. We'll find out once it's available. But also, when we look at some of the other sets, like, Modern Horizons one wasn't a cheap set. The uh, the reprint sets we had before, Modern Masters and stuff like those were expensive packs, and those were draftable. So, like, I don't doesn't really hold too much weight for me to really use that as an argument. But regardless, packs are selling high. Still, I say high, but selling consistently. I won't say they're high because they're still within original release price. If you look around, you can still find them. But, you know, retailers are selling a ton of them. Singles are doing phenomenally well. I mean, there's a bunch of singles that are above the $5 mark, which is cool. You know, there's a bunch over the the, the $9 mark, even at just rare, not even Mythics. So value is there for sure. Probably even more so if you crack a box. And that's not counting you getting an old border card, a foil version of a thing. Like so many things in the set for people to be drawn to. I, I think this will go down as one of the best sets of all time. And I and I don't like I said, I can't remember the last time I, I felt that way. So if I'm going to take
0: uh, you. You've been here longer than me. So if you say it, I'm going to I'm going to take heed to it.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to push people. But like if you've been considering getting a box, I would try to get my hands on some. And Brian, before we got the show started, you have came up and found an interesting piece of news about a new game. So I'm going to let you talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a, a new game that's going to be released on, uh, apparently it's already out on iOS, Nintendo Switch, and uh, Windows. It's called Overboard. It's kind of a visual novel, and I guess beyond it, the genre is detective game. You play a woman on board a cruise ship in the 1930s. You're trying to solve the murder of your husband. Only thing is, you are actually the one that murdered your husband. <laughs> so by solve, they mean you're going to try get, to get enough evidence to pin the murder on somebody else and then escape to America completely scot-free.
1: That is a wild premise for a game.
0: Right. And again, <laughs> one of the consoles it's going to be on is the Nintendo Switch.
1: Enjoy, kiddo. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of an interesting thing, too, that it's going to be on the Switch. You know?
0: Although, we joke about that, but think about it. Most games involve murder. It's just that the murder of somebody you know
1: yeah, I mean, you're you're shooting people with a gun or, you know, running somebody over or trying to kill them as a monster or whatever. And
0: that's 99% of the games that are out there.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess you're right. In that regard, the fact that you're killing someone or there is a murder isn't that foreign of an idea. I think it's just yeah. the idea that, like, a person as a person just trying to cover up a murder of another person.
0: I get that's the thing, It's like most games, like you don't that person isn't even a person. You don't know the background of that terrorist that you just shot. They were a terrorist. That's all you need to know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it? pretty much. I don't know. I think yeah. it's neat, man, that like it's a whole different type of game. It
0: definitely is that. Because there's only we talk about this on the pre show, there's maybe 15, 20 times a year where as somebody that reviews games and plays, I don't want to think about how many games were in the course of a year. For me to say, I've never played a game like this before, and this is going to be one of those times. It looks like it's also affordable.
1: I mean, you're talking about fourteen ninety nine.
0: So it's one of those where if you try it and you don't like it, you hadn't been out that much.
1: Yeah, if you you play it eight ten times, you know you go through several of the different scenarios. You try some new ideas or tactics or whatever. If it's not your jam, cool. You're out fifteen bucks. You know, it's a probably, visual
0: novel, so I'm sure there's going to be multiple
1: endings, depending on you know whether you get away with it or who you pin the murder on. Yeah, I think that's kind of the cool part, right? Is like you'll get to try like each time. It feels like the type of game that I could probably play for at least a couple of weeks, trying out different things. Like, okay, well, maybe if I go into this room and when I talk to this person, I make this other person look bad, right? Or maybe I like, I don't know. Maybe there's a way you can. Have a conversation with somebody in front of a certain room where maybe all the all the dirty went down. And yeah. you're like, Well, I saw this person down the hallway at this time. You know, like like we were talking in front of so-and-so's room. You know, like
0: that's there'll probably be people in there where it's, you know, there'll be villainous characters where you're like, this person is so terrible, you have no problem pinning a murder on them and walking away from it because they need to go to jail for something anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean there'll be a few different things i ways i could see that working out from a strategy standpoint so it'd be kind of neat I, that's I'm how grand theft auto into, plays
0: it where everybody's evil and you just you yeah. know all these people deserve whatever they end up getting
1: I'm i'm kind of into the idea though because the way it sounds is the characters will remember every one of your actions so everything you say everywhere you go whoever you talk to you know all of that is remembered throughout i guess that I guess we'll call it scenario, and the yeah. story that you'll be playing through each time, and that to me was one of the appeals of something like Fable Two, right? Where, okay, well if I go help this person, they remember that, right? I, I help this person afford their house, or I, you know, I don't charge them rent, or you know, I I do this thing to train my dog, or, and all these things add up to your character looking a certain way and people treating them a certain way. So like that to me was an appeal. So like this is kind of similar, but on a smaller scale, obviously, because instead of stuff occurring over the course of months like this will occur over the course of probably. i'm assuming like an hour or two you know each time you play it so i'm i'm good with it i I think it's neat you know crazy premise but i'm kind of into it i'd like to play that those end up being
0: my favorite games the ones where at the end they show you how you've affected the world around you positively and negatively yeah that's always fun
1: There was also another bit of news that I didn't know about that you had discovered that apparently Netflix is wanting to make video games. Yeah. And if you remember where they've had like Black
0: Mirror, I think had kind of an interactive episode and Net and uh, Kimmy Schmidt had an interactive episode. Apparently that was them testing the waters kind of for their video game ambition.
1: Oh, I do remember though, like the the Jujone adventure movie yeah whatever that was yeah that was actually pretty fun that was man how long was that the beginning of the pandemic
0: i think so it seemed like it was of course everything seems like it was time has become uh... maybe
1: i feel like maybe maybe it was just for the pen before the pandemic started but but either way like that was pretty neat to like kind of go through different because it was fun talking to people about it
0: and they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, like- when
1: when this happened, it was pretty effed up. And I'm like, that didn't happen. And
0: <laughs> like, yeah, it, it makes you like we were talking about previously. It makes you want to go play through and so you can see the thing they saw.
1: Yeah, I'm like, what? And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, when, when we went back to the school, this thing happened. And they're like, what school are you talking about? I'm like, oh, crap. Like, there was basically two completely different parts of that whole movie <laughs> that neither of us saw. So and good.
0: also, if you notice, they've licensed some of their properties, such as Stranger Things and Dark Criminal, or Dark Criminal, Dark Crystal, to other people to make video games. So, again, they've been kind of testing what their properties are worth to a video game developer. So, yeah, we we were being researched on and we didn't even realize it when they did these things. We just thought no, we were playing fun games and watching fun TV shows.
1: I'm good with it. You know, if, you know, you could do something fun with. I don't know, Altered Carbon or something in that wild universe? Definitely, Like, that could make a pretty sweet video game. You know, I could now see... The good... thing is, mm-hmm.
0: Amazon tried this, so we know you didn't just, you have a bunch of money, you get to make video games. Amazon's tried this and so far has failed or
1: Sure, so did Google. Yeah. You know, they, they tried. But I think part of it with both of those is it sounded like they were trying to do everything involved with it right they were trying to do the development the storage you know have the you know the oculus equivalent or whatever like all this was going to be a thing and i think netflix feels to me more like they're treating it similar to how sega does their properties now right like we have these cool things but we're okay licensing them out yeah yeah you can put one of our characters in in smash brothers or whatever and like yeah, we'll put this on some some console stuff. And like, yeah, it doesn't matter that you have a Nintendo. Go ahead and use this character. You know, that feels more like what Netflix is doing. It's like, hey, we will make some things, but hey, it may still make sense to license some of this out.
0: And those or, games, mm-hmm. even the bad ones, sold really well. Because it was Mario and Sonic. You know, the, for for kids from the 90s like us, to see Mario and Sonic on the same, same stage at the same time was just childhood, just fantasy come true.
1: Oh, sure. But, you know, you know, there was a time up until the Dreamcast, you know, where Sega was trying to do everything. Right. And it just didn't work for them. And they just realized, like, you know, it's easier if we just make the games and then we can just license characters out and make extra money. Like, why are we trying to keep it all to ourselves? And I and I think that's part of, like I said, where I felt like some of the Amazon and and Google failures were is they were trying to do everything. And it's like, unless you're literally going to make a division just to do that. Like, that's not your expertise. You know, you got to be, you got to, it feels like one of those markets, you got to be all in on the hardware development, the testing, the licensing and all that. Like, you're either in or you're not. And Netflix, I think, has a cool situation because you already have a big platform that everybody uses. And like you said, you know, they've already tested doing choose your own adventure stuff and letting you use your remote to pick through things. You know, they've already licensed out some video games. So they already have a lot of the structure there to move forward doing what they want to do. It's just a matter of I think how involved they want each game or each experience to be. I think it's going to be the biggest thing. But it's neat though. I I'm I'm kind of with it. If Netflix wants yep. to try I'm definitely curious to see where it goes. Yeah, like they they get my money anyway. So if I get a little extra for it for giving them like 5 bucks more or something a month, then am like, sure, count me in. Now, because it's about dinner table time. And it's Pride Month. I just wanted to give a second to talk about, I guess, the corporatizing of the whole thing. Because, it's, you know, you, we already talk about how we see it with Black History Month and everything else, right? This is kind of like another version of that. But it's pretty bad. Well, you'll have people that, You know, we support this and support the police and blah, blah, military. And then, like, Pride Month's like, hey, here's all the love for LGBTQ friends. He's like, you do know all those other things are not necessarily good for these people, right? (laughs) Also, like, I saw today, and here's, here's how messed up it was to me. To see that they had a Stormtrooper pop figure that just happened to have a rainbow print on it. And it's like, what does that even mean, first off? But two, it would make more sense to have a gay character turned into a Funko Pop figure instead of just, we want to put a rainbow to represent alternate lifestyles on a Stormtrooper. Because that's where it feels kind of empty, I think. Where you just took a thing... Slapped a rainbow on it and said, see, we're supportive. As opposed to, like, hey, here's one of our gay characters. Why don't we make that character spotlighted? And then if the gay character maybe had, like, rainbow print clothes on or something, cool. I think we could get behind that a little bit. But I don't know. Like, I, I, are you seeing that same type of stuff out and about? I mean, hell, we're only two days into the month, but. Oh,
0: absolutely. And it was the same way we saw, you know, with George Floyd. People were saying, like, hey, yeah, we we support, you know. Black people and Black Lives Matter and a lot of the press releases didn't even say why they were doing anything. Just randomly, hey, we support black people. We can't tell you why because we're trying to play the fence. We don't want to upset the police organizations either. We just want everybody to be happy with this at all possible.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, too. I mean, it, it, a lot of people say they're supporting, but it's like, OK, what are you doing to show support? You know, other than, I don't know, making your avatar on social media have the the rainbow overlay. Not you know, that we don't
0: appreciate, you know, avatars and, you know, costumes, rainbows. But as you said, an actual gay character being part of a major storyline and not to be not to be killed, you know, would be an even better step.
1: Um, I, I'm kind of with you there. You know, like it's OK to have the avatar. It's OK to post pictures or messages, but it's better if you can say, like, hey, here's what we're doing. You know, like when when somebody and, you know, when the George Floyd thing happened from the black perspective and games workshop came out and was like, look, here's our statement. And basically said, here's what we believe. Here's what we support. And if you don't, we're going to get you the F out of our community. Right. Right. Like just said, here's our statement. We ain't putting up with y'all's crap. Just letting you know right now. Right. That's a company saying not only do we support it, we are going to back it to the point that we're going to tell you if you don't feel this way. We don't want you around. And that's one, and of all companies, because the Game Lords have had some questionable history, but like, that's one where you look and go like, oh, okay, they're in for real. But when somebody comes out and just says like, oh yeah, we support this thing, or oh, it's Pride Month, or blah, blah, like, okay, cool, but, you know, again, I bring it back to us as dudes, right? We could say, oh yeah, we support women's rights and women empowerment and whatever, but if we're on here making a bunch of sexist jokes all the rest of the time, right well what's that worth well no we didn't really mean it you know we we do support you and want you to like no we should be doing our part which we try to do and the same thing for you know all of the lgbt people i know you know in, in multiple parts of my life like i would feel really crappy to be on here making jokes or whatever doing it or just ignoring issues when they come up in the community and you know, have them come be like hey dude you have this show you know that people listen to you and whatever and you get a couple thousand downloads like why didn't you mention this thing that happened in x gaming community that you're part of right that would feel bad so like when stuff comes up we got to mention it and talk about it
0: yeah that's that is why um, we're here
1: yeah but it's just already been bad like we're literally two days into the month as of this recording and i'm already like you know i'm already burnt out on it like just because and i feel bad For all the people that are out, you know, trying to already deal with other issues and then they're being bombarded with all this stuff that they have to know feels very insincere. Like, and like I said, a stormtrooper with a rainbow on it, like that's the best you could do. (laughs) Like you couldn't find anything else to promote that would have been better. Or just, sense, you know,
0: they, they kind of teased a gay relationship with uh, one of the stormtroopers. And then by the end of this last set of movies, they just, <laughs> that angle got dropped, as they say in the industry.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's where I'm kind of messed up over it. Cause I'm kind of like, you had opportunity. I mean, the least you could do is just be like, hey, we're going to donate, I don't know, X hundred thousand dollars to this charity or whatever. And that would have been better than producing. The Stormtroopers. I mean, I don't know. I didn't look up at the story. Maybe the Stormtroopers, like, every sale is going to go to something or whatever. Like, uh, then that makes it at least a little bit better. But, like, I, I don't know. It's I get with all these things. Whether we're talking about Black History Month, you know, Pride Month. You know, any, any of these, I don't know, we'll call them specialty celebrations categories whatever it sucks when you see companies that you know like even right now for pride month like they're gonna go from july to may not saying a damn thing but magically in june everything's rainbows and happiness
0: and they're gonna spend uh, as you said july through may making in some cases major publishers 50 60 video games And how many will have, you know, first of all, even have a queer person in them? Yeah, I was going
1: to say, like a queer lead or whatever? Probably none.
0: (laughs) I was going to say any characters at all. (laughs) We're looking at probably five or ten. Then a lead character? (laughs) Yeah. A lead character that's gay or transgender? Probably zero. Probably zero. Or the case of Cyberpunk, where they put, you know, transgender characters in there and kind of made a joke out of it.
1: Yeah, I don't even know what was going on. That was just a bad idea. Like, I, I, it's, I, I can't even say it's a terrible idea, actually. Like, it's just terribly executed, I think, was the problem. But I just wanted to bring it up, because it just feels like one of those things that, like, we're seeing every single time one of these months with this type of thing comes up, and, like, you see all these companies the rest of the time not doing a damn thing, and it gets, like, and it's hard, because part of it is, like, Again, even from what we can relate to with Black History Month, right? Like you still want to look and go like, hey, at least they're saying something. Like at least they're doing something. But at the same time, you kind of feel like, "Eh, but how sincere is it even, right? Like you know there's still a positive, like it's hard to be super mad because there's still a positive aspect to it.
0: Yeah, you don't want to discourage, you know, them from doing things in the space. That's not what we want to do.
1: Yeah, it's still like something's better than nothing, right? But then the other party is just like, yeah, but are you going to give a crap once the calendar turns to the first of the next month? And usually the answer is no. I mean, we talked about it before. Think about all the people like, yeah, we support this and we're going to go march and George Floyd and blah, blah. And a bunch of them and said nothing about any recent issues that had come up. And the same thing is going to happen with all the, the pride stuff. right? There's going to be something that happens to some transgender person that gets beat up or abused or to some queer person that gets mistreated in some way or whatever. And nobody's going to say anything because it won't be June anymore. And that's what sucks is like, we just like, and I'm not even saying single anybody out because of their differences. I'm just saying, we just got to get to a point where we just normalize treating everybody well all the time so if we can just have real conversations and be more sincere about this and not just try to corporatize and capitalize all these different things. Right. Like, I don't give a damn if you're making money on it, but hell, at least do something with it or really support the issue you're saying to you support other than just doing it to make a buck. Hello right, Brian, why don't you everybody where they can find you on social media?
0: Right. I am DL Caesar on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Our family channel on YouTube is Allen's Ever After.
1: And you can always find me at PowerDragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. Whereas I'm doing a lot of streaming now on Facebook and Twitch, but you can find me every day on YouTube. And as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And please still remember to wear your mask, wash your hands, stay away from other humans that are icky with the COVID as long as you can while people are trying to get vaccinated and we can get back to normal and doing some gaming and gathering. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us at our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate Other patreon.com slash color of magic You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it. Because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.